fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. I wouldn't mind hearing something different. Maybe switching it up. Maybe a little beef, maybe uh, just change it up, switch it up, see if I uh, can get something else going and, uh, and go on a nice little run. Put it in deep! Here's a chance at the line! Big shot, and shoots right in! Scrabble! Goal! The Leafs have tied the game! And the place goes crazy! Getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep, put pucks in deep, just put the puck deep, getting pucks out, getting pucks deep, pucks in deep, pucks in deep, pucks deep, pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep. I mean, what do you even say, Lesko? I just remember what happened after that goal. Uh, I that's don't. All, <laughs> that's a great moment, but man, it was ch- it was taken away f- so soon after. I know it was only mere moments that. Thanks a lot, O Dog. The yeah, yeah. Thanks, O Dog. The least you could do is maybe join us on the Pucks and D podcast. Someday. That guy won't go on any podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's exclusive. <laughs> he's uh he's a um he's a too much of a wild card for podcasting. I think. You're right. Um, episode ninety nine. Okay. Episode 99, and in honor of the great one, Wayne Gretzky, I played a clip from another goat, Bob Cole, right? Great call, too. Such a great call. I mean, the reason why I I had to keep it in there because it was such a great call. The place goes crazy, but the main reason for that clip was for that horn and the song and whatnot. I see it's a hot topic out there changing the... Maple Leafs goal horn and the song. I guess, sorry, not the goal horn necessarily, but the music that plays. If Austin Matthews says he wouldn't mind a change, change the fucking song. You change know it. what? That's dude? all I need to hear. It's you know what, man? I didn't even think about it that way until you just pointed it out to me like that. Like you and gotta it's be rolling out the red carpet true. for this guy. Okay, true. He, if he wants a new song, let him pick the fucking song. Yeah. I, I would. I'd be interesting. Like, if what would come out of that if you uh, put it to the boys in the room, let them compile a list, take a vote, something like that. Try it in practice or something. Yeah. So you so you want to go back to that old old shit? You know, I do, man. And I, I guess it does fire you up. But the Bruins oh, used it for fuck. a long time. I know, didn't but they? yeah, they did. But here's the thing: they though, sold like, it from us. We did it first. Yeah, we did do it first, and then they sold it from us. But like. It just brings back some memories of mine where, like, I was just in a complete, I was in another universe emotionally. It was 22 years ago. Yeah, I know. I was younger. That's fair. No, no, that's very fair. So, I mean, I I guess it's the nostalgia part of me. But I don't know, man. Not everyone in that building was my age. You know, there were people that are my age now in the building back then. It was a good one, though. I, I did enjoy it. And they were going crazy. And that, that the, the noise that it makes, 
like before the let's get ready to rumble. Remember the jock jams? I feel songs? like you could use that as a segue into any goal song, like from the horn <laughs> to the song. That's that. that that sound. True. Yeah, because it's like a plane taking off, right? The first thing that happens is like, I don't know. It's like a whoosh, like a plane is taking off. And then and then that jock jams things, uh, thing happens. And then you're right. Boom. Into the song. Mm-hmm. What's more important, that the players like the song or the fans? I think, oh my goodness, that is a fucking good question, bro. Like, it's got, I think you got to find a balance for the both of them. You know what I mean? Like, I think people like the Hall of Notes, but I don't think the players do. Those guys are so young. Like, I'm I'm not even – I'm not young in that category of, you know, 24, 25. But even I, like, you know, that, shit, that shit's old. Okay, I have the solution. You know how it is, right? The goal goes in, the horn goes off, and then the song plays. For what do you think? Like 30, 45 30 seconds? seconds? yeah. But then after that, just as they're getting back, you know, around center ice to take the face off, they'll play another song. Right. For like 10, 12 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I think that follow-up song is important. Exactly. So let's marry the two. Let's have the one communal song for everyone that pumps up the fans. Right. And then they can fade that down. And then play Austin Matthews' individual song. Right. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. And maybe he's stepping in because he just came off the bench and sniped one. Here we go. Statue of Liberty celebration. So you got a bit of time. You You do the dun 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 dun, you know? Because they usually only take like a clip, right, of a a song. It's like a a verse or a chorus or whatever out of a song and and throw it down for the goal song. So you would have enough time to like – switch over to a player-specific goal song. And I got to shout out Cody Jacobs, friend of the show, because that he said he wanted individual goal songs. And I immediately said, you know, that seems like a great idea at first glance, but I think if, you, if every time someone scores, it's a different song, it's not a great way to get everyone right. together. And right. the greatest way to get everyone together is to give them stupid, like, just catchy, up, upbeat, energetic songs where they can go like, whoa, right. whoa, you know, or woo-hoo, you know, like. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, some guy throws down a country song or something because he just really likes country music and nothing else. Yeah. Is that dude, what you end up with? Yeah, okay, <laughs> so you got a guy on the fourth line that has, you know, six goals on the year, and he buries one in game two of the playoffs, the most, like, significant goal off his pad right. or whatever bangs one in and thunder rolls by Garth Brooks yeah, starts yeah. playing which i don't think anyone would be so lame to pick a song that's not at least a, like a pump up song of some kind so, but but imagine sorry dude but imagine after like that let's say it is the zombie nation one it's called kerncraft or whatever um let's say they use that one and everyone's going crazy and then Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks can play, and he can choose the 12 seconds. Right, right. that little period after. And the Thunder yeah. Rolls, bam, 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 gotcha. you know, something like that as the just before the puck That could again. work. So that's actually better than my idea that I came up with, and that is just a variety of goal songs that you draw from. Like, say you got six, right? Okay. And you, you don't know what's coming, but they're all bangers. Okay, fair. Right? So okay, it's just fair. like, and you could say like, okay, maybe uh, – 
And they could have a queued up. Okay, it's early in the first period. All right, we'll throw on this one. But if they score late in the third, it's always going to be this one because this one is the best. I like it. And, dude, I just figured out how we can make money doing this. Ah. Okay, you sell the power play goal to a sponsor who, you know, is the song, an artist or something. The artist pays to be the power play goal. So whenever the Leafs bury one on the power play, a Bieber song hits. Ah. I don't know if he's gotten any bangers for that. Well, so whatever. what what kind of songs did, was that the one you, you settled on, or did you think of any others that Which you? Which one? Well, I know. Um, uh, oh, was oh Al's, sorry. Al's brother yeah. said DMX "Party Up," which is hard to disagree with. It. You know what? That song's timeless, right? You're right. It is timeless. But you and... got to cut it off before he says "Suck my dick." <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, and it's like yeah. the second sentence in the first verse. Yeah, you're right. And there's a few uh, N-bombs in there as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's just there? a chorus yeah. thing. And yeah, then you're you, right. You're right, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, that one, you're right. It's a timeless classic, which is the best part about it. But at the same time, I just, I'm not sure if I can envision like – a, a really extended period of time where people are going nuts and maybe there's maybe there's hats being thrown on the ice okay it needs to be something that is generally repeatable right unless you're just pl- basically playing the the chorus well, over and over you know what again. no yeah. but let's say they have their standard 45 second clip but let's say it also extends through for another minute and a half in 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 the event that it's needed right so I came. I had a couple that I thought of, um, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just like what I would want it to be, not necessarily the the best. Like obviously we all yeah, have but our that's own what musical biases, for, right? right? Of course. But um, and I don't know. I think someone else was doing it, but Pursuit of Happiness, the Steve Aoki remix. Okay, that would be dope. Like right around the what is it, like forty second mark when, when it, it hits. Drops. Yeah, because yeah. that that makes you dance, right? And I think that's a good way to keep fans engaged, right? They should be dancing until the pucks dropped. Yes, you absolutely. know what I mean. Yes, absolutely. Um, a couple other ones uh, I thought of. Uh, Just like this, Limp Biscuit, first track on Significant Other. Ooh, that fires me the fuck up. That is a fire up tune. Yeah, he's like, get up, get up, and then it's yeah. like, no, 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 yeah, 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 bam, and then it drops right it's in your face. Yeah, that one would get me going. That'd be a good like first period goal song, you know. Get it going. Get it going. <laughs> you know what? I'm I not... should be an in-ring DJ is listen, what I'm saying. Listen, I appreciate your idea of the different goal songs, but I can't I can't get on board. You, no? No, you haven't sold it to me. Okay. But I think I have the winning ticket anyway, man, with the communal song right. followed by the walk-up. So it's really settling on that communal song. Communal song for everyone that we all love. Maybe it's new this year, and maybe everyone is superstitious, and they think that the song is fucking doing it. You know, and then all of a sudden, I mean, Matthew said it himself, bro. He's like, you know, maybe switch it up and see if we can get something else going. What do you mean by something else? Like leading the fucking league in goals and being a great regular season. You're talking about the playoffs specifically. You might as well just wear a fucking T-shirt. Well, and I think you want to distance. It's just like when Shani took over the team. They want to distance themselves from the, the old guard, the old era, the old logo, all that stuff. So it's like. Yeah, maybe they just want to move on from it because it's just kind of become associated with what the team was before, and they want to move on from that. Yeah, that's fair. Any other suggestions? I don't know. Had? I think I, I had something put in there, but I'm all I'm all hot under the collar now. Oh, um, dude, do you remember that CD that I used to have? Uh, it was called Contact. Nah. Oh, 
Actually, maybe. And it was like a picture of Johnny Bauer doing like a lunging poke check and it had the Hockey Hall of Fame logo right. around it. So it was like a jock jams kind of thing. Yeah, kind of. But it was kind of weird. Like the first track was like, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, welcome to tonight's game. I'm I'm this guy. I can't remember. But he's like, the referees for tonight's are uh, Andy Van Helmer or whatever. And, and then that's it. And then it goes into hit me with your best shot. Okay. So there's like actual song tracks on the CD, but then there's also like random tracks throughout the CD, and some mm. of them are just hockey noises. And one of them is like just hockey sound effects. Yeah, yeah, it's like a face off. Like guys getting crunched in the board. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a face off, and That's then a hilarious. hit happens, and then there's like a PA announcement happening, like goal scored by. So whatever. was there a, a specific song on there? Well, yeah, there was one that was um, uh, "What a Feeling" by Crowbar. And if anyone, like, obviously you guys are listening, it's a podcast, super easy. Just, like, flip over to a music streaming thing and, and type What a Feeling by Crowbar. It's the one that goes, like, oh, what a feeling. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Okay. What a rush. Okay. Oh, what a feeling. It's not necessarily, like, oh, my God, I have to fucking go crazy, but it could be fun like it could yeah. be kind of along the same lines of this you make my dreams come true nonsense which right. makes me think that they're all little kids still yeah like let's it's just you know why up. at the at the, the heart of it it's corny yeah isn't it it is corny like yeah i don't know i had a couple other ones i'm over it well they had a couple other ones oh um this girl kung's versus cooking on three burners that one's a banger okay or the, another limp biscuit rolling Oh, I thought of Roland as Did well. You? Yeah, okay, yeah, so there we go. All, we agreed all, on one. Yeah, Roland. Okay. I mean, that one, maybe again, like, fuck, we might be dating ourselves huge here, but that song fires you up. I don't know how you can not listen to it and, like, go run through a wall. Man, that's pretty funny, man. Like, I don't I know. Like maybe that. you just don't want to juice up you the fans like, who are already six beers deep or Y'all, what? I know y'all be loving this shit right here. Exactly. M-L-S-E. <laughs> we all up in gonna here. remix it <laughs> oh man so i i don't know if maybe they will surprise us but i know in the first exhibition it was still hauling outs dude so you know maybe what? They, but i think if they were going to change it they would they want some like buzz so you think they would just drop it like game one game one yeah okay i'm okay with that but I, like this is such a insignificant discussion really oh absolutely however we are having it and many news outlets are i uh, i just think it's so what it's happens so big oh, part of the fan and the, the the viewer experience i agree so what happens if game one matthew scores six minutes in one nothing leafs and you make my dreams come true it's just so. disappointing i'll be disappointed i think i was I, already disappointed when i heard that they were st- playing it last saturday during the preseason game right but it makes total sense that they would play coy. Yes. And maybe maybe they are playing coy. Yeah. And let's let's be honest like they they see like and hear what we're saying, what the fans say. And there seems to be a general consensus that people are over it. Okay. And if it's so much so that Matthews is even saying, "Yeah, you know, He's something different." And Marner said it as yeah. well. Enough said. Fucking change it. <laughs> but you're if so- I'm Call Davis or whoever the arena fucking planner is, bring him in. Says, what do you want, DJ? Like, you know what? You're so true. You're so right, though, man. Like, and you, this whole 
this this whole discussion we just had that occupied all this time, we didn't even need to have it because you hit the nail on the head immediately. If Austin Matthews says change the song, change the fucking exactly. song. Exactly. That's all. That's all. Good <laughs> End of story. All right. Um, I got a trivia question for you. Okay. Ken. Okay. Um, Why? Why do you do this? I don't me? know. Just because whenever I see a good one, I, I just want to test your knowledge. Do you think I am going to get it? Um, uh, Probably not. Because so far, you've really let me down on this show. Let the record show that you have failed most of the trivias I put towards you. You know what? I have. And I feel like it's a mixture of... I'm just making you look bad, maybe. No, I don't mind it. I don't mind being the, the butt end of the joke, as okay. you know. But... So you're ready? Okay, fine. All right. So there's one player who was drafted ahead of Morgan Riley who is still in the NHL. Can you believe that? 10 years ago. Okay. 2012 draft. There's one player still in the NHL that was drafted ahead of Morgan Riley. And was he drafted? Fifth? Fourth? Fifth? 2012 draft? Yeah, 2012 draft. Nail Yakupov went first overall, so I'll eliminate potential option for you there. Oh, man. Who else was in that draft? I know how unremarkable of a draft it was. It was unremarkable. Vasilevsky was drafted, I think, in that draft as well. Yeah, but why don't I know who went second after Neil Yakupov? Because he's very unremarkable. He's also the answer to the trivia question. <laughs> and he's making league min. Yeah, and he's making league minimum. Oh, bro, I don't know. I mean, can we continue playing the game and you give me a hint or something? He just signed with the Oilers, and he plays defense. Uh, and it's not Cody CC. I don't know, dude. Just tell me. <laughs> it's Ryan Murray. Oh, he's drafted by Columbus again. Un- unremarkable and also very generic white guy name. So hard to even remember in the first right. place. Right. Okay. Ryan Murray. Dude, I don't know why I got so hung up when you said he was he was unremarkable. Well, I mean, obviously, obviously, everyone drafted ahead of Morgan Riley is unremarkable. If that's even a trivia question, so I guess I just why did I have such a difficult yeah. time? Everyone with the laughed word at Brian unremarkable. Burke. Unremarkable. Everyone laughed at Brian Burke when he said he had Riley number one on his list, and here we are. I don't know. I struggled there. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not fucking getting enough sleep. Speaking of sleep, I wanted to ask you how many alarms do you set for yourself? Two. You do have two. Okay, so yeah. I have two as well. But if I have more than that or even more than one, sometimes it's bad because you know you have it. So you're like, ah, I don't even have to open my eyes. You're yeah. counting on it. Yeah, but the, the way I look at it, though, is I like to wake myself up like so that, I, so that I'm physically awake and now I do have 17 minutes to chill. Or I could fucking just get up. You know, sometimes I do just, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually feeling more awake than I was last time. So I'm actually going to get up and be, a, you know, I'll be a little ahead of, of schedule today. But I saw a couple of people. I was talking to some people. I like, someone said they have eight. Eight. That's too many. Eight. And it's just, you, you would be annoying the fuck out of your spouse or partner. Well, this person doesn't have a spouse or partner. Well, then you're, you're fine. I guess they're fine. You're right. You're right. However, um, I find it so funny. Like, do you want to hear the reason why there's eight? Why? Because sometimes they're not sure if they hit the actual like snooze oh. or or, or fuck off. off. Right. Yeah. Because I've done that. I have also done that. I've done that, that where, you th- where you thought you snoozed and you didn't. You and absolutely. You another half hour and then your shower consists of just sticking your head under the tap for a minute. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so true. Okay. Uh, all right. Sorry, that was totally out of left field. But more than more than two is too many. It's too risky. Yeah, two. I think is 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 yeah. the call. Because then, especially two, if you think you have three but you only have two, you sleeping in. Like I, I could probably just Google it, but it would be fun if we had. It'd be fun if we had the engagement to be like, hey, everyone, you know, answer this question there you for go. us. Because I think two would be a very common, uh, a very common choice. Um, before we keep rolling on the hockey news, just a quick little pod today, eh? Oh, a quick burn here. Yeah, just a quick little pod today. We're gonna have Luke Fox coming back on soon. Maybe That's right. I think I think he's gonna be here for the hundredth. You know, we've had Luke Fox on twice now. From Sportsnet, Luke Fox, at Luke Fox Jukebox. And at this point, isn't it wonderful, Lesko, that we can just actually say, hey, Luke Fox is coming on the show. Got a great roster. <laughs> Instead of like saying, well, we better not spill the beans because we might get ghosted yeah. like Tim Peel. But we're all, we're all set. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure exactly when, but okay. we're, 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 we're going to make it happen. He's, I know. I'm not super flexible next week, unfortunately, so we'll do our best to make it happen. Yeah. Um, hopefully next week. Otherwise, we're waiting a bit. How, I'm, uh, I'm going to Alberta again. So that, you're Alberta bound again. Eh, yeah, right? I'm going to frolic in the mountains and take pictures to make you jealous on Instagram. Good for you, man. Yeah. Luckily for me, I don't really cruise through Instagram very much. Right. I check in on Brittany every now and then, and that's about Britney it. Britney Spears? Yes, of course. <laughs> who, who else? Is there another Britney? Because if any of you out there follow Britney Spears, you know exactly what we're talking about, of right? Of course. Yeah, All like, right, then. Like, I mean, it's not even a secret at this point. I mean, follow Britney Spears if you're like 32 to yeah. 39, maybe. I don't know. Like, you used to get fired up from that OG album cover. You ain't seen shit. Oh, it's so true. Unbelievable. Could you imagine we had that when we were fucking 10 years old? Jeez, Man, don't even want to talk about it. Fucking Britney. Moving on. Okay, before we get to hockey on yes. our quick pod today, yes. I wanted to ask you if you knew about the the chess scandal. The butt plug guy? Oh, you went right into it. Yes, of course. Yeah, the <laughs> anal beads guy. I want, so it's, What a next level way of cheating. That is dedication <laughs> to your craft. <laughs> it, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Holy shit, that's funny. Okay, so they must get patted down, I assume, for like buzzers or like wires or yeah, probably. Like they can't have anything in their pockets, I assume. Probably, right? So up your ass. So now they got to prison search people. Like, how do you how do you snuff this one out? Well, like, I how don't do you get know. caught? Because I remember seeing something about it. No, no, no. Like, he, it's still alleged, right? And okay. he made a statement, but I remember seeing something saying like he must be cheating, and then. The butt plug story came out like a week later. Okay, well, here's the thing in a nutshell, or in an anal cavity. Here's <laughs> here's, the, here's, here's the thing, okay? Um, a computer will beat a human like 99.9% .9 of the time yes. or something of that nature because they can calculate moves for the whole entire game yes. and, and bring it down to what seemingly would be a, a, a random move. Mm -hmm. You should be making this move. It has a 98% chance of winning. But actually, this move has a 98.3% chance of winning. Even though it seems insignificant, it will cause a shit, whatever. So this guy, Hans Niemann, is 19 years old. And he has been caught for cheating before on chess.com when he was 12 years old and 16 years old. Oh, so he's a known, known cheater. Yeah, but that's the, all he he's did. He's like Kapka. Yeah, but what he did there was he ran, he played on chess.com and he had a program on his computer to run the algorithm and play. And he won with, he won with absolute like dominance. Mm -hmm. 
and and rose the ranks, and he was banned from the site, but he's been cleared for over-the-table chess because how do you cheat in over-the-table right. chess? But he found a way. But allegedly. Allegedly. But you see, the thing is, is how else could he have done it, though? Because, like, the other guy, his name is... Um, Oh my God! I can't believe his name. Was he like planted something in your ear that you couldn't see? He's got a sick name. Oh, Magnus Carlsen. Ah, sick, sick name. It's like an old Swedish hockey player. So Magnus Carlsen, he is the guy that is the reigning world grandmaster of chess, and he lost to this 19-year-old kid. Right. Um, playing the blacks, by the way. So there's whites and blacks in chess, Mm -hmm. and the whites play first. So. Um, the grandmaster has the benefit of playing the the whites, and he beat him lickety split right with with the blacks in chess. And like he he resigned the next game they played against one another. He made one move and then tipped his queen over to resign because he won't play him because oh, he okay. says he's cheating. Right. So where did the butt plug theory come from? Well, think about it, man. I mean, there's there's sex toys out there that are remote controlled by the phone. Yeah. And how, it can, would, how do you communicate a well, move Morse that code. Way? Well, yeah, yeah. Night to four, night to F5. Right. Yeah, I guess it's not that hard to communicate a chess move. KF5 yeah. or whatever in Morse code and then he's like moving his fucking hmm. moving his night around and But so nobody's proven off. that this guy's che- cheated at all. Uh, no, it has. Well, other than when he was caught and banned for cheating, right in the past, in the past, but nobody's caught him at over the table. Nobody's. Cheating. You can't. Right. How do? Yeah. You, there's no way to actually prove it. How do you catch him at over the table? And the other thing, unless was, they change the rules to search his asshole. Yeah, I know, there. man. Like <laughs> cavity searches. Yeah, bro, man. So. Pull down your pants, spread them. Yeah. The whole thing. Like the current grandmaster, the Magnus Carlson guy, the guy with the sick ass name, he. He said that he won't play him, but then I don't know how. What he what he said was that not only did he beat me with moves that only maybe two or three people in the world could 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 do, mm-hmm. so quickly and so swiftly, against a guy that was fifty six and oh yeah as grandmaster. Uh, he said the only way that it could be done is if he were running the game through a computer, right. Because that's the only way that, like, he said, I'm not saying I couldn't lose to the guy, yeah, but not like that. Not like the way it happened. Because they go back and study the whole match, right? Yeah. Okay. So why did he do that move? Yeah. And, and that's you know? interesting, too. And given the fact that this guy's a known cheater, it would not surprise me in the slightest that he would go to extreme lengths to continue cheating. Because honestly, if you've been cheating all the time, especially growing up when you're learning how to play, you're not how good. are you going to get good? How, exactly. You're not going to get good if you, all you've been doing is finding different ways to cheat. Yeah. Right? But man, man props to him for fucking <laughs> trying. Like, I guess... You know, I hope it's Props. I hope it's worth it. I don't know. Like, I guess maybe it is, especially if they can't prove it. So anyway, so that's the drama in the chess world. Yeah, we might have to circle back on that one. Someday. That's that's the current drama yeah. in the chess if world. I never update, thought I'd be talking about chess on will, the Pucks and D podcast. We will let you know if there is an update on right? that one. Yeah, for sure. Where are we at? Well, I gave you a perfect segue. I wanted you to jump right in there and say the drama on the Jets. Oh, yeah, man, the drama on the Jets. Right? That team, like, they they were so good for so long. They were good. They were up and coming. Man, they were perennial say, contenders. Right? Perennial Stanley Cup contenders like were, for not the longest time, but for a good little window there. And they never made anything of it. No. And all we saw was just a kind of slow downfall. 
think they go as far as Hellebuck takes them this year. And if they can get half decent years out of Wheeler and Dubois, but we already know Dubois doesn't want to be there. And I gotta, you got to figure that Wheeler doesn't want to be there anyway because he got the C ripped off him. Yeah, I mean, that dude, that's a tough one. I mean, Jesus, where do you begin? Yeah, so new, new coach comes in, right? Paul Maurice quits last year. Rick Bonus comes in, and the first thing he does, and also the day before camp, they, they couldn't announce this in the middle of the summer when no one gave a shit. Well, I mean, that was they probably... They put the media firestorm right there, but, you know, maybe it's a message to the fans, too. Like, hey, things are changing here. I was just going to say that. Like, that was probably... Well, not probably. I mean, obviously, it was calculated. They wouldn't have just been like, oh, shit, I was golfing all summer, and I totally forgot to text Blake and tell him that he's not <laughs> captain anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Obviously, that's not the case. So I looked into that very quickly. I was like, well, he's got to be as good as gone because... There's only been three instances in the last 15 years where like, a captain has uh, lost the captaincy and stuck around. Now, it's Marlowe and Thornton in San Jose, if yeah. you remember those tumultuous years. Both, yeah. And Dustin Brown in L.A. And I hate to tell you, Jets fans, but Manitoba ain't California. So Okay, so you gave me a trivia question mm -hmm. that was unanswerable. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, and and then you just you just missed the perfect opportunity to say, you know, Wheeler lost his captaincy. Can you recall the last, you know, four or whatever it is? And I would have I would have got that. That one. was the better trivia question to serve uh, you up. Yeah, yeah. I would have got that one. Yeah. It would have been fun. I think I would have ultimately struggled on um, Brown, but I would have come around to it. I should be a lot nicer to you, I guess, when it comes to the trivia. I'm just a little cheesed. I mean, I think that leadoff trivia question was tough. I, yeah. I, I would like to know if any of our listeners were listening and were like, oh, it was, who'd you say, Ryan Murray? Ryan Murray. Yeah. See, you already forgot. Yeah, That's exactly. how unremarkable he is. Stop saying unremarkable. <laughs> is unremarkable even a word? I'm fairly certain it okay, is. Okay, I'm looking it up right now. For, you, can keep, you can keep talking about whatever you want. But I'll tell you right now. Oh, my God. I just opened up my internet, and it's the fucking it's the news title about the anal beads. Oh, okay. <laughs> Grandmaster denies cheating by using anal. Beads. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Okay, listen. I, this all circles back to the Paul Maurice thing, bro. Yes, we talked about this so when it happened. That, and I think even further back, the Liney trade. I even think about Bufflin bullying friggin' Kane out of the out of that organization. Oh, dude. Oh, Bufflin leaving He probably was... started that culture of that team and then eventually said, I hate what I created and left. Dude, Bufflin leaving was the start of the decline. Right. What was I just about to look up, by the way? I just... You don't believe me that Unremarkable is... Oh, right. yeah. Uh, yeah, I connect all the dots on that because I got to think that Line A, <laughs> you know, at first we kind of thought, well, he's a bit, of, bit of a character, got a bit of an attitude to him, but seems overall just to be a little bit like, I don't know, he might be a little more passive than we originally thought and a little more quaint of a hockey player. Sure. Like, I I fully believe that he was basically bullied out of that room just like Kane was. Yes. You know, they well, did. And he might have complained about his ice time. You remember he was getting buried on yeah. the bottom lines. But it seems to me like there's a bit of a an issue. And think about Paul Maurice and how dejected he was when he was like, well, you know, just, uh, just not right, we're going to move on or whatever. Like, he lost that room and probably for quite some time. And he probably said, you know, fuck these guys. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. And, like, we, we, we joked about it, but 
you know, I'd like to call back to that whenever it happened. He's, Is there anything better than beating the Leafs? <laughs> like, it's just so fucking stupid. It's like December 8th or something like that. Yeah. And you like strutting in the room. You ain't getting beating these boys. And then like Palmeries quits like a week later, and like it, it was a joke at the time. But my goodness, like I, I, I have to think that it actually has all to do with each other. It just sounds like bad vibes in the room, you know. Line A with the clothes in the shower and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was Kane. That was Kane. Was it Kane? Yeah, it was Kane. They threw all his clothes in the shower or whatever. Oh, I thought Line yeah. got some shitty treatment. But it oh, no, like Line was saying that he knew that they were, like, talking about him behind his back. Right, like he, right. He, yeah. That's it sounds to me like shitty. there's just a bad culture in that room, like yeah. just bad energy, and that they've – I think the organization, you know, bringing in Rick Bonus, taking away the C from Wheeler, said, all right, this is an evaluation year. You know, prove if you want to be a part of this hockey club. Otherwise, you know, start packing. Like True. I, I could see a lot of movement from the Jets this year, and maybe just in the middle of the year, Dubois is gone, Wheeler's gone, something like that. Like, well, I, I mean, think, Dubois has to be gone. I think they're hitting the reset because they can't waste Halle Buck, right? They've got him locked down for a few more. Like, I don't know where that oh. contract's at. Look that up. They, I will. It, look it can't that be more than like halfway through. Like, isn't he making like ten mil, something crazy? Anyway, um, by the way, they they can't afford to rebuild with him on a long term deal. Unremarkable is a word. Thank you. And it's, it's unremarkable. No way. I still. I don't even know how to use it. I, I the way I did. I still don't even know how you used it. I've never been more fucked up by a word in my life, and I consider myself to it's be an great adjective. with words. Because, but remarkable mm-hmm. is the word, right? Like yes. a remarkable save. Yeah. You know what I and mean? If like, it's not, that it's unremarkable. I know, but like, <laughs> wouldn't you just say it was? Average? Is that what we're going for? Is that what unremarkable even means? I didn't even look at the meaning. I think unremarkable is kind of funny too because you're like, oh yeah, that guy's pretty unremarkable, and it's it's like it's shade, right? It's shade, but for like, some like reason playing, it sounds like it's good. It's like, for example, like I played hockey with this guy for three years. I don't know his name because he blends in with the paint in the dressing room. Right. He's very unremarkable. Right. That's true. Okay. Right. I'm on, I'm on board. I'm on board. Um, the Hellebuck contract uh, tw- ends in 23-24. Uh, so oh, the, shit. The, so it's almost up. See the, how The 24-25 season. Okay. He's a UFA. Okay. Well... Then I was wrong. I mean, are they headed towards a rebuild as well now? What? How old is he, too? Uh, I think that's important. Oh, my goodness. Age 29, 139 days. He's American, too. 130th overall yeah. in round five. That's tough, man. They're, I could be wrong, actually. I might have to go back and say, like, maybe they are contemplating rebuild instead of reload. How like do they, you how do you reload with like that? they've just gotten now I need to know what they're they've just gotten older and like their youngest star blind A is gone. Well, Ehlers, I guess. Winnipeg you know. Jets. Uh oh yeah, cap friendly, that's right. But you have here. to think that that uh unless they can make hockey trades for, for Dubois and for Wheeler, they're gonna have a really hard time reloading. Otherwise well, it's gonna be stock and draft. Should call Brad Tree Living and figure out how he managed. Yeah. Yeah, Chevy's just calling him up. He's like, "Hey, listen, man. Well, that's you the other thing. Win that. They got to take a hard look at Chevy because somebody's got to wear at least some of this, right?" Paul Maurice said, "Fuck it," but like Chevy's been here for a, the whole time, right? 
And they think of all the talent that team has squandered, especially after, uh, well, Lion A. Dubois, fucking everybody's gone. Yeah. Right? And say Hellbuck walks as a UFA. That is abysmal, what they did with that talent, because it, amount, it amounts to basically nothing. Whether they win a couple series here and there. They got David Riddick. Oh, big save Dave is back. Big save Dave. In jet form. That's what, that's what it says. <laughs> okay, I have their cap-friendly page up, and I think it might need to occupy a little bit of time. You might want to pull it up. Is it a disaster? You might want to pull it okay, up I'm so, on, we, I'm on so it. we can look at it. I mean, Dubois has Arbright's, which is the worst Ooh. for jet for the Jets. That's what makes that's what make makes that contract like you got to get that off you got to get that out yeah so him and Shifley are up uh, at the end of the twenty three twenty four season excuse me well wait no 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 Pierre Luc Dubois is <clears throat> up after the twenty twenty three Shifley and Wheeler right okay yes right. Shifley and Wheeler so Wheeler you basically got to trade him now I don't know how tradable he is at eight. Point two, being thirty six years old, either. not very. Not. All he gets is apples. He's just an apple yeah. machine. I mean, he gets lots of points. He's a hell of a player. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Well, but he like, used to be more of a grinder too. And I don't know how much grinding you're doing at thirty six. And you just took the C off him, and everybody knows he's an asshole in the room. Let's trade for this thirty six year old guy and bring him right into our room. I like, even, I even dug. Well, there you go. Right, this guy who's obviously known to be a bit of a bad attitude type dude. Obviously, a different role, different room. He's uh, got a modified no be, trade. Should be different, but no move. Yeah, that like, is that's tough trade to make. That's a that's a high cap hit for somebody who might be a dressing room problem. You could retain, I guess, but still, who's bringing that in? Like you got to snap him in the line. Who's bringing that in? Do you think? Here's the real tell. If the Florida Panthers, Bill Zito, goes to Paul Maurice and says, "Hey, I'm thinking of trading for Blake Wheeler." What do you think Paul Maurice says? Yeah. There's your answer. Yeah, true. That would be answer all the questions, I think. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah. Now I'm interested to see what Blake Wheeler's stats have been like. Yeah. So, I mean, you still got Connor and Ehlers. If you can build around those guys and get maybe a hockey trade out of Dubois and or Wheeler. Yeah, but those guys still shape. have to sign though, right? Like, I know I know you're saying you have them, but 25-26, okay, if – if this year is an evaluation year and then next year the decision is to blow it up, 2025, 26. Oh, whatever happens, like I think this year's evaluation year, but the action starts this year. Yeah. Right? Like they start unloading guys. And you think at minimum, whether regardless of what decision or direction they choose to go in, I think that Wheeler and Dubois are gone. Yeah. And I mean, Ehlers is like he's up at the end of the 2024, 25 season. That's just around the corner too, man. Like. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't use long term with anyone on this list other than maybe Kyle Connor because he's mm -hmm. through twenty six, and then Josh Morrissey yeah. because he's through twenty eight. Yeah, and, it, and that's a big deal. I there. know they they did salvage their D a little bit last year, but it's not anywhere. It's a far cry from when they had probably the biggest toughest D corps in the league for yeah. a few years. There, it's just so. it's a really interesting. I don't want to get stuck on it too long. Mm -hmm. I just when I pulled it up and I saw all the UFAs, UFAs, RFA, like they're. They're they're all. It's almost mesmerizing to look at because you're thinking like, man, these, this. Looking at this, it doesn't look that great. Like you don't have really much of anyone locked up long term, mm -hmm. um, and you're because all those long term deals are running out. You know, the ones they signed with uh, Shifley and you're whoever. right, dude. Like yeah, those, you're Shifley's right. Shifley's twenty nine. Yeah, that's you're right. wild. True. Um, 
they're going to need some cap space, though. And there was a report the other day that the league uh, has advised the teams that the salary cap is going to go up. Um, so apparently 22, 23, 82.5, 23, 24, 83. 5. Okay, so a mil. 24, 25, 87 and a half, and 88. That's the big jump, right? Like, well, oh, like 87.5 to 88, somewhere yeah, around in that, there. Yeah, in that, that range, that's but that's saying. a big jump, right? We're talking 83 and 24, yeah, and then 24, mil. 25, we're talking about 4 mil jump. Or 4.5 mil. You know, that'd be nice. Because that happens to coincide with when our boy needs to get paid. Right. And I feel like they got to make up for lost time. I thought it would go up a little quicker. Like they're like, oh, it's going to spike. Well, it's going to spike in two years. Yeah. It's going to be incre- very small incrementally in the next couple of years. And yeah, then it's going, after that, it's going to shoot. Yeah, it's going up by 9.5 between now and 2025. It feels like they're making up for the lost time later than maybe we thought. You know, yeah, I, but doesn't that have everything to do with escrow? Well, that or hockey-related revenue. But here they are selling every piece of equipment the guys are wearing. Why the fuck? That's a shit ton of money, right? You know, so uh, I feel like if it was more directly tied to HR, like they said it was, we would have seen a little bit more, a little bit more results from that. Yeah, but ads on jerseys. I don't think ads on jerseys is HRR. It's not. I don't think so. Well, there, there's some some nerd can look into that for us. No, it's true us. though. I, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but I'm I'm I don't think that that's considered hockey related revenue. Right. Like, hockey related revenue would be like us consuming the. I product. guess that's just the team. What the teams are bringing in. Exactly. That's a. Spo- but it's got increased values, right? That's a sponsorship, and for sure, the NHL obviously gets a slice of that. But I don't know if that in turn goes back into you know account for their mm-hmm. hockey related revenue. I used to know. Everything about that. During the lockout, I had a blog back then. Yeah, so you were going deep. I had a blog back then. I'm pretty sure that blog is still accessible. Should I Google Coley's Corner? Coley's Corner. I'm going to look it up there again. You go. Man, I'm having fun over here on the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, the interesting discussion that I really wanted to have was McKinnon's new contract, right? He becomes the highest paid player in the NHL uh, at 12.6 AAV. Just a shade above, was 100K more than Connor McDavid. Okay. Right. Well earned. Very, um, very well earned. I think was went from the most be- underpaid player in the NHL, but I still think he took a discount. Oh, did dude, he not? Yes, he did. I, I, I don't know. I haven't like the argument. Is, I don't think is there to be had. Like he took this is a steal. Yeah. There's because no way around it. it. It's so a think steal. About it. Matthews and McDavid both make twelve million. Where they signed those contracts a few years ago. Right. Yes. Three, four years ago, something like that. The entry level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the one post-entry level. So if you compare oh, it that way with him being the unequivocal number three player in the world, although some people are putting McCarr as that player now ahead of McKinnon. <clears throat> okay. um, but obviously you'd think he, he'd get a little more. So he, again, once again, he's left something on the table for the rest of the guys. You know he wants to keep winning. Yeah, I mean, that is ultimately what it comes down to. And I think it is the job. It's the jobs because there's more than one person involved here, but it's, it's the job of management to instill that belief on the star player, because at the end of the day, whether it's, you know, 13.5 or 14, it's still significantly more than everyone else and that extra 500 grand actually lets us keep 
your two buddies. Yeah. And one thing that I think it's telling of this kind of situation is that McKinnon clearly has the or believes in Joe Sackick, believes in the Avs. Why wouldn't he? Look where they are. So he's willing to say, yeah, you know what? I understand if I leave a mill on the table, you're going to spend it wisely because he's seen them spend it wisely. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty hard to ask a player to take a haircut if they're like, yeah, well, you pissed away, you know, $3 million on a bunch of plugs who we ended up trading and putting on waivers. Right. You know, not super stoked about taking a discount. And I would imagine an agent would tell a player the same. True. That's a really good angle that I also hadn't considered. Like, how are, how are you spending this right. money? And I think it's fair to say that Dubas has been spending this money on the talent. He has been paying them. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, shooting a, a motion picture with all the biggest actors you can possibly find and giving them more than enough money mm-hmm. to do the job. And then they come and they don't fucking do it. The biggest argument against the Maple Leafs is that the percentage of poorly. the cap, but they also expected the salary cap to be 85, 86 million right now today. And it didn't, right? Because it went in flat cap for the last two years. Yeah, but you see where I think people are incorrect on that. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying one thing that I seem to hear a lot about is like, well, you know, we could have had another player or two. It doesn't work that way. You don't just get to go out and buy a fourth line right winger for $1.2 million. You can't just go and take the extra cap money and buy another player. Mm -hmm. What happens is it gets filtered down from the top. Your star players consume the largest percentage of the cap and then it filters its way down. Like people often relate an extra $5 million to, oh man, that's a right shot D. No, it's not. It's more money for your current right shot D and your current left winger and anyone else that is owed a contract. And that's why it's kind of almost unfair in a way to some of these players, Lesko, because their contracts are coming due during a global pandemic where there's no money to be spent. And we're in the flat cap environment. It's unfortunate for these guys. You look around the NHL, it's unfortunate for a lot of guys who are on PTO. They're just looking at Toronto. Zach Aston Reese is on a PTO. That guy should be signed. Yeah. You know, Sonny Milano's on a PTO. He should be signed. They're getting pinched. Right? They're getting pinched. The middle class, the lower, lower class NHL players, they're getting pinched. And the guys that already have existing contracts, well, fuck, who cares? I'm getting my exactly. six mil. But you know? what I think some fans of the Maple Leafs or even any teams fail to realize, and no matter what era, what time, they're like, well, you, you've overpaid this guy. If Matt... Matthews is underpaid if he scores 60 goals, right? Of like course. Your, your value of for course. dollars isn't going to get better than paying Marner a little more, than paying Matthews a little more. No. Right? So it's pretty hard to argue with that when you look at it from that perspective. And I think that's the problem is people look at like, you know, well, well we could have signed David Clarkson if yeah. we had five, five million extra a year. Right. Right? Yeah. But, you know, the... You know what you're going to get from certain guys. You're not. You don't know what you're going to get from July 1st on a guy who's 28 years old, who just came off a career high 30 goal season. Yeah, yeah. You're you like that one, eh? Yeah. So the biggest, <laughs> the biggest uh, uh, kind of story here that that I wanted to bring into this discussion is that NHL players are still getting hosed by the salary cap, and the reason why. And I saw uh, an interesting discussion that kind of went on, and what they did was they they were looking at. Now, it's fair to say that the big ball sports are worth way more than the NHL, way more than their franchises, all that stuff. Of course. But the NHL, think about this. The Maple Leafs were worth about 300 and some million in 2006. Okay, that was that chart I looked at as far back as it went. 300 and some million. 300 and some million. They're worth 2 billion today. 
Yeah, okay. okay? Wow. So player salaries has not come like at all increased to that tune or in any sort of correlation with franchise value or league value or anything like that. Interesting. So I think that is a definitely a gripe that's going to come up sooner or later for the players when they hit that negotiating CBA again. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just trying to pull up. Okay. So here it is. 1999, 2000, the highest paid players, NHL, Yager, 10.4. Okay. Okay. 10.4. In 2010. In, in, no, 2000. Oh, 2000. The year 2000, he made 10.4. And I think okay. he was making 11 or 12 uh, a couple years later with You're the right. Rangers. So think about that. The highest paid player in the NHL, we just said, was Nathan McKinnon making 12, 12 6. Right. And Yager was making 10 4 in the year 2000, 22 yeah, years ago. Okay? 2 mil. So I'll go on here. Shaquille O'Neal made 17 mil in the NBA. Uh, in 2000? This guy, Bell, in MLB made 11.9. And NFL, uh, Troy Aikman made 10.7. Okay. All in 2000. So this, this is uh, an older. Uh, Tweet I came across the other day. Uh, 2019-20, okay, is, so this is two years ago. McDavid makes 12.5, okay? So that comparison alone, Yager 10.4, McDavid 12.5, yeah, tells yeah. you where we're at. The highest-paid NBA player, Russell Westbrook, at 41 million. Okay, so uh, it was Shaq at 17. Yeah, 17. And Westbrook at 41. And the next guy was okay. uh, 11 or 13? Uh, MLB Mike Trout, 35.5 million. And the NFL... Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Wilson. I can't. I, Russell Wilson. Was that his name? I don't yeah. know. See, I don't know football. Thirty-five million. <laughs> Holy shit! There you go. And Aikman was uh, eleven. Ten million or ten million. Ten. Yeah. Wow. So that like I like I said, I preface this by saying that the ball sports are much bigger. They're worth way more goddamn money. But if you look at the growth, the NHL is has grown. They haven't grown at the rate of those organizations have, mm -hmm. right? Those are, we're talking global brands right there. Yeah. But if I'm a player and I look at those figures, I'm like, you know, I'm getting mad at, at the guys who went to the negotiating table back in the two thousands over the salary cap, because yeah. that's what has allowed, you know, these owners who have made more and more and more and more money pay the players relatively the same on the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and, and they're they're making more each year. Like, their profits continue to grow, right? If they're not making any profits in a quarter, they're upset. Yeah. Yeah, what is it? Aaron Judge turned down a contract for like 200-some million. Now they're saying he's going to get like 350 or something because he bet on himself this year and then is about to uh, – well, we'll see if he breaks that record. Yeah, I'm but enjoying watching him strike out. Well, you mean get walked four times? He did get walked four times last night, and that was fucked. Man, pitch to the guy, man. Well, it was, they were all three two counts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, then that's fine. I didn't know that. See, and that's, you know, media's, media um, you know, slurs it the way they want, right? right? They spread it out the way they want, or they slur a couple yeah. words I, I turned off the game about the sixth or seventh there. The Yankees were scoring too much. It was getting ugly. The game before, though, they struck him out twice late in the game, which was Real great. Nice. Um, just quickly before we move on from the, the salary cap thing, I, I do want to point out or like, you know, confirm to you and the, and the, and the listeners that personally, I, I, I'm honestly, I have not once ever been afraid, nor I will I ever be afraid of Matthews leaving. I don't think I really have that thought in my mind. No, but everybody wants you to be. I think so. Like, but I see a lot of troll and a lot of like, well, Matthews is signing Arizona for fifteen million or whatever. 
What, with all the revenue they get from fucking ticket sales? Yeah, but I think <laughs> I think that he's just going to step up and say, hey, man, uh, I'll take a three-year deal at, at, at max. Do you think you go short-term? Yeah, I do, because right. then then he knows. He reads all these things, too. His agent, they all know what's going on. Yeah. It's why he signed the five-year deal. Yes, it coincided with UFA. And and I'm not saying I know this to be a fact, but a lot of people like to latch on to the fact that, oh, his, his contract coincides with UFA. That means he wants to leave. Right. In my opinion, it means he wants, wants to... the most. He wants the most. Yeah. So he wants it, the most. So the Leafs will be able to give him the most. And a lot of people like to say, yeah, but the Leafs can give him that eighth and uh, extra year that no one else can give him. He ain't going to want it. Yeah. He doesn't want the eight year. Well, that means he's be? locked into a deal that won't grow ever, even though he can grow. So he'll he'll do three years... And then in 2026 or whatever, 27, it's going right. to be up like over probably 93, 94 mil or something like that. But and then he'll go back to the buffet if table If you're Kyle again. Dubas, you're the Maple Leafs, you want more, right? You, you got to get some years out of them. You, gotta, you, gotta, you feel like you need some degree of security for your own planning purposes. I mean, I mean you have to sell him on that, though. Fine. If he's thinking just dollars, then I understand that argument. But I feel like he teed him up for himself up. Oh, we'll see how this goes. I'll take, you know, he's get, he was making tons of money and then rolls around and he gets to re-up earlier instead of signing that eight-year now. Then he signed the eight-year now when the cap goes up. When the Leafs, by the way, only have two players they're committed to beyond, uh, I think it's Morgan Riley and Yarncroc, I think. They're the only ones they have under contract. Yeah, because Yarncroc's uh, four. Yeah, right. so there's plenty of money to give him whatever the fuck he wants for however long he wants it. Well, Dubas has done a very good job of planning for the future from a cap perspective. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of money available to the team when it is needed. Like in a lot of situations, you know, past and present, you can look at teams and say, yeah, they're looking pretty good now, but oh boy, look at what's going to happen here in mm -hmm. a couple of years. You can see it lining up. Uh, but with the Leafs, it's almost like, They've okay, got, guys are gonna need guys are gonna need contracts. In theory, they're gonna get them. Well, they they've left money. If you look at uh, their cap situation with Nylander's contract, Marner's, and Matthews, they've left the room and the money to sign those guys. Yes, right. If they want them, I think they'll find ways to keep them. So I'm not worried about Matthews leaving. I think that's all bluster from the media just to for clicks and all that shit. But I do, I do, and think I think he'll he likes it there. You see him throw out the pitch yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see, eh? The mascot wouldn't let him throw from the mound. I know. I think Kyle Clifford's go beat the shit out of Ace. I mean, I guess I, I, I guess I can understand it, like, from a... Well, they don't want him to dust up the mound or something? Like, what is that? Maybe I think it has more to do with, like, the romance of baseball. Like, hey, man, like... You, you, you don't get to go on the mound. You're not a major league pitcher. It's Austin Matthews we're talking about. I know, about but here. when was the last time you saw someone that wasn't a major league pitcher standing on the actual I actually, mound? I never even noticed that, never. that they, they never did they that. They never throw I always thought the they mound. just put them closer because dude's 60 or whatever. No, they never throw they never let them throw it from the Interesting. mound. Interesting. Now okay. I'm 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 So going, Matthews wanted to, clearly, because it was a question, right? Like, yeah. people were asking him about it. Yeah, but it. he's a phenomenal baseball he player. He is. He was hitting dingers at uh back when he was a rookie yeah, of course. at uh, batting practice yeah, with of the course. Jays. Yeah. yeah. He's a fucking beauty. Yeah. We know this already. Now, uh, I did want to add in just because we had a quick discussion about Matthew's uh, con upcoming contract. Well, upcoming is two fucking years. But obviously, well, up for renewal no, next year. Yeah, yeah it's up technically next year. I mean, so there's come this, on, dude. There's all this bluster about, oh, yeah, yeah at least uh, this, this year is just all Kyle Dubas. If it, if it doesn't go well, he's out. And Kyle Dubas said it very well when he was being interviewed about it. He's like, I'm very comfortable being judged on the body of my work. 
basically saying like putting trying to put to bed that narrative that it's all about this year. Yes. It's about the the entirety of his performance. Which obviously. it is though. Duh, because they're not stupid. Yes. They're not you know they're not irrational fans no. on Twitter. And we and we keep thinking back to the way the Leafs used to be run. They're not run like that anymore. Right? They're not gonna fire him in December because they're fucking, you know, uh you know, five hundred or some shit. Right. Now Think about it like this, though. You got to re-sign Austin Matthews, and you want it done next year. Are you bringing in a new GM to do that job? No, dude. There's no way, man. That's lunacy. Yeah, there's no way. And by all accounts, all accounts I can see, those guys like Kyle Dubas. They have positive relationships with Kyle Dubas. He's yes. been around the team the entirety of the time they've been there. Yes. As the AGM and then the GM, I'm not rolling the dice on bringing in some guy. Unless this is the only way I saw it, see it feasible, unless they they have someone groomed ready to go. Like they, I don't know. Are they grooming Haley Wickentizer? I don't know. Wickentizer. I don't know what they're doing. But <laughs> but there's it, no. It has to be Dubis, dude. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't like, make any. You're sense. You're not letting, and he might only get a one year deal in the summer. But I just I don't think they're letting they're bringing in a new guy. When your most important player in the history of this franchise, in the history of the franchise, needs to be resigned, in the history of the franchise, it would be a colossal error and short-sighted if you know after uh, round one playoff loss or whenever the season's over for them to be like <laughs> take a walk, Kyle Dubas. Why'd you have to pick that? I well, you know, because that's the narrative, right? <laughs> okay, listen on this on this Dubas thing because I I think I've been a pretty staunch Dubas supporter on the show. Did you read Did you read the post? That I put on Facebook not long ago. I did not. Six days ago. With stay a, out of with, there. With a link to uh, uh, why the Maple Leafs shouldn't get cute with a Kyle Dubas extension by Chris Johnson. Yes. And right? he actually... So, so you read the article? He put it out very, um, very succinctly, basically why it would not make any sense yeah. whatsoever. Okay, so... Just just quickly, I'm just going to read it to you here. So I said, I don't understand why anyone would be calling for this guy's head, Dubas, even if the Leafs lose in the first round. Regardless of how the season plays out, his track record speaks for itself. Strategic planning for the, for the future goes to show that his moves have been calculated and not without consideration of the team's cap position down the road, right? Uh, there have been mistakes, no, not unlike any other GM in the history of this league, uh, but the position he's putting the franchise in since the start of his tenure is something that Leaf fans have longed for since the days of Sundin, a team that is capable, probable to win any time they step on the ice. That's I, right. I want this guy negotiating the Matthews contract. I want this guy to get what he deserves from his core group of players that he has stuck his neck on the line for. He paid them. Now it's time to return the favor. And it, it, I'd say you can extend that to Sheldon Keefe because I, I don't get these preseason rankings that – you know, I saw one that had Sheldon Keefe ranked number one as the hot seat, hot or whatever. seat coach. And uh, granted, it's because a dozen coaches got fired last year. So right. there's not a lot of selection there. Yeah, you got a bunch of freshmen. Yeah, turnover is pretty wild. But I think that's blown out of proportion too. Yeah, but it's because of the same argument that you and I have. I don't know if we've argued it personally or if we've just argued collectively about it. But like these players don't carry the burden of the players of your Right. Okay, like the Kessels of the world, and mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like those teams that lost to the Bruins in 2013, and I, then 
you know, the teams that failed to make the playoffs every other year after 2004 and before 2016. And I think that's something that fans need to be reminded of, and probably particularly the younger fans. You know, if you're 20 years old, you don't remember the Sundin years, and because you weren't born, barely. And, uh, like, do you not recall when they didn't make the playoffs for, like, forever? Ten years. You know, it, it was abysmal. Right? Yeah, it was 10 years. And Nine then, seasons. And then if you put that in there, so what, so they made it 2016 was the beginning of the math. It was area. You take out that 2013, which was a half season where they barely fucking made it. On the backs of James Reimer. Right? Yeah, James Reimer carried them there. You take that out, that's a massive drought. Like, I'm not going back to those years. And it's interesting. I, and I hear this get brought up by the boys on Overdrive occasionally. We're like, well, you know... Uh, uh, the ownership could pull the plug on Dubis and Shanny and, and tell Shanny to make a move and all that stuff. We're past that, are we not? Wasn't that the whole point of getting Shanny in the first place? Was that this freaking ownership wouldn't screw around with the team anymore? But the thing is, is that I, it sounds so ridiculous to say because of how mad I've been when they lose again and how mad I will be if and when they lose again. Odds are but, that's going to happen. But... Honest to goodness, bro, they're doing it right. Well, and I don't understand. I don't understand, like, people who lo think logically in their minds that this is all Dubas's fault. And if their team was built differently, it would win. Like, well, that's the thing. No one has answers. But you can't. Right? Exactly. That's such, a, that's such a hypothetical that you can't answer. The people who say, like, oh, if they lose uh, round one, then they're, Keith and, and Dubas are gone. They've got no answers, though. They, don't say, they won't tell you what they would do differently. They just think a different guy is going to make a difference. They're gonna, he's going to bring in that one guy. You know what I mean? They're going to bring in David B fucking Bull in circa 2011 Blackhawks or whatever. Right. That guy who's just going to – Carry the team when they need them. But that's such a f f uh, uh, fantasy hockey mindset. You know what I mean? The video game mindset. Well, just, or whatever, just yeah. like you romanticizing like what you think should happen for them to win. Right. It's not provable. It's not tangible. No, there's nothing tangible to it. Anyway. But 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 Dubis did respond. He did do things that people were calling for. He did go out and get the the grit. Mm -hmm. He did go out and get the, the leadership, mm -hmm. you know, because every time something has happened, every time they've went on and they've lost, there's always been a, a way, you know, a way for them to get better or improve. And I always used to say, especially for the first, like, especially the first two, three seasons was, I'm just excited for these guys to grow, man. Like mm -hmm. these guys aren't even in their prime yet. Like, let's go, you know, and now we're here. Yep. It's prime time now. So you, there's no there's no beating around the bush that the winning does have to happen now. Yeah. And if it doesn't, someone has to pay. And who the fuck pays? Yeah. There's been there's been a few moves obviously that are questionable in hindsight, but at you know, at the time in most situations, I have a hard time disagreeing with the moves the guy make. So like I said, you look at the body of work, I can't really argue. Um let's move on here. Uh, I think we're gonna save most of the rest of our Maple Leaf content for uh, the next episode, episode 100. Um, I did want to give shout out to a big Z, Zidane Ochara. Oh, on yes. His retirement at age 45. Yeah, tip of the cap. 45? I saw some pictures floating around too, man. And I've heard this about him and like that he'll like, he broke the VO2 test in Ottawa and that he's just like a gym rat freak. And I saw a couple tarps off picks of him. 
Oof. Dude, out, dude. He's an absolute. No wonder he fucking threw around McCabe like he was a friggin' teddy bear out there. Eh? He's like, an absolute monster, man. Monster. And you know what, dude? Fun fact: plant based. Plant based, right? That's how. That's uh, one of the things he credited to making it this far. Right? Yeah. Changing his diet. Tom Brady as well. Very interesting. Tom Brady, plant based as well. Yeah, that's why he looks like he's twenty-seven. Well, yeah, but it, well, not only that. I mean, I don't know, maybe, but we're talking about like eldersmen. Yeah, out there getting it done at their professional sport at the highest level possible at such an advanced age. It's pretty incredible, man. Yeah, and Just he was, saying. He hasn't been obviously effective for a few years, and I don't like the way Bossom did him dirty, but I do like that they did bring him back to retire as a Bruin, sign him to the whatever, One-day one deal, day. yeah. That's pretty cool. Good on the Bruins organization for doing that. Uh, Chair is a no-doubter, I think, first ballot Hall of Famer. 100%. I mean, he's probably the best defenseman in the game for over a decade. Oh, my goodness. Least. Easily. Yeah, probably from the time he was in Ottawa to the last few years in Boston when he started to slow down. Man, you think about how things could have went differently if they if they made the right decision and, and kept, took, him in kept Ottawa? Chara over Redden. Yeah. Because that was the decision that yeah. was made at the time. Yeah, that – would one of, change the course of the franchise. One of my earlier like hockey memories, where like as a fan of the sport in general, you know, I remember being like, "That's that." I can't believe they're not choosing this gigantic monster See, just because he's a gigantic well, monster. He's a unicorn. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a, uh, yeah, he's just like any player over like six four is a freak. Yes, and it's absolutely. like if you can turn this guy into something, it's. Even in today's NHL, man, if you got a six, six foot five guy who can with some hands that can skate, it's hard to stop. Yeah, you're fucking right. You it know, is. What I mean, Nick Robertson ain't knocking him off the puck or something, right? Somebody, but uh, oh, it's the food. Oh so, no, what? My food is early, oh. and the dogs are outside. Oh, they're barking at the delivery man. Yeah, they're barking well, at I the see delivery Kirstie's man. Whip there. She's, oh, she is, got your food. Oh, player. is Kier there? Yeah, I just right. I'm pretty sure I saw her whip. Wait, the white one? Yeah. Okay, hold on. I got to make Isn't sure. Isn't that her? Yeah, okay. She just pulled in. Oh, man. I'm going to be in trouble. Although, that's okay. not my fault, man. I, I had it scheduled to be delivered. Are you late for dinner? No, I had it scheduled to be delivered between 6.30 and 6.45. Well, see, they're fucking up then. Well, they're seven minutes early. The dog should have been inside by now because Kirstie would have been home. That's the first time I heard of food delivery being early. Dude, uh, Valley Eats is always early. It's kind right. of a fucking piss off. <laughs> I mean, like... It seems weird. Like, here's the thing, man. If I choose a time in the future. There's a reason. That's why I want it at yeah. that time. If I choose ASAP as possible, then I need you to bring it as soon as you can. All right. Um, <laughs> shout out PK. Sorry for Different that. path as a defenseman. 33 retires. Uh, Surprising? I think so. I think PK Subban is a prime example of the pinch that we were just talking about earlier. Right. He's a prime example. He's... His services are no longer required in a sport where everyone's feeling the pinch right now. Yeah, and it was reported, and I've heard it confirmed by a couple other uh, 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 tangible analysts or whatever, that he wanted to sign in Toronto or Montreal, basically a shot at the cup or to finish where he started. Right. And neither team was able to make something work. And I think he also wanted to roll, like he wanted to play. Right. right, okay. And that didn't work out for either of those teams. And once it didn't work out, he hung them up. Because it sounds like I wouldn't be surprised if some other team would have had an offer for him and even a spot. Yeah. And are are you slightly surprised at all that the Leafs didn't think about it? Or maybe they did? They might have, but I think they opted just for for 
I don't know. They just safer options, I guess. Like they signed Jordy Ben, which I like, by the way. I do like you the know? Jordy Ben. He's signing. an older guy, but he's also a face puncher. Yes, brings right? a lot of grit, boy. Like he cross check you in front of the net. I got a lot of time for that. Brings a lot of grit, boy. A lot of truculence. Yeah. I I think he just. He's also a shadow of his former self. Um, obviously bogged down by injuries. He doesn't move like he used to. Right. Uh, and that and that was a huge part of his game, man. He was so fast. The way he come flying up the ice, one man breakout, one man zone entry, come up and rip a clapper for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was electric, and uh, and obviously an all star on and off the ice. Can't say that enough. You know, I could see him. It's funny. There was a discussion going around about a Hall of Famers, right? Chair Hall of Fame for sure. PK, most people saying no. I could see him going in as a builder someday because he's not done. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say he's definitely going to remain in the game. I mean, that little clip he was there, uh, the clip of him um, imitating Don Cherry. Oh, yeah. For a little bit there. That was, that was pretty good. Like, he's definitely built for the spotlight. Um, he is, and think of how like early he was. Think of uh, in, in that regard, ha- ahead of his time, the Sallies. Yeah, people people got on him about yeah, that. Yeah, they didn't like right? it. Right? They didn't like the bow and arrow. The bow and, and arrow, the the get down and fist pump it, and yeah. he would. Nobody got that Bell Center fired up like he did. Though. It's true, man. Him and Price with the with oh the yeah, three, and he uh, scored big goals there. Big goals for them. That that. Wind up to the heavens. Yeah, and the then big John Daly wind oh, up. Oh my God! Again. And he, just crushing Poxen in the net. Favorite PK memory. Oh, man. When he got out of the box, I think, and he, uh, when he got out of the box, and I think, I can't remember if Boston playoffs, like, it was a big game. And he got, he got the puck, and he just went down there and friggin' buried it. And he did, that's when he did the bow and arrow, I'm pretty sure. Did okay. He not? Or at okay. least he, one of the times that he did it. Okay, right. And on. the building went bananas. Okay. It was unreal. Uh, my favorite PK memory. When he absolutely destroyed Brad Marchand with his ass. Oh yes. Remember the reverse, like not a reverse hit, but he kind of like reversed his own body and mm-hmm. absolutely like it was too. Oh, like what a collision it was, yeah. man! And then Marchand just kind of got up and was like, oh, <laughs> like going back to the bench. That was such a a huge hit, and that was kind of prime PK, like vintage PK was when he would lay those big hits mm-hmm. backwards right at neutral And the Montreal-Boston rivalry was fire then, too. It was yeah. right back to where it was in the 80s. It was. It, it seemed like. So, 100%. Shout out, PK. Really looking forward to see what he does. You have to imagine that the broadcasters are throwing big checks at him right now. 100%. Trying, trying to lure him in. But I think he's going to do something unique. He might just do his own path. Fuck, he might have his own show for all we know. Like, Yeah. It's... Uh, it's the sky's the limit for a guy like that. Try to be like sure. the new George Strombolopoulos. I don't know, man. I just, I just think he could do whatever he wants to do, and he has the charisma. He's got the skill. Could you know? he? Could he do a PK's corner? Absolutely. Like there you would, go. But would it be? Would it be too much? Is it too soon? Is it too close to coach's corner? Or do you just full full on embrace it? Full on embrace it. You can't call it anything it. corner. That's all. It's a super rebounding exercise, right? Okay. It's a it's an intermission show with PK and and someone to tee him up. You know, whoever Kabukasas fuck. Okay. The future Ron McLean. Kyle Why don't you Kavis. call it like you know? It's like called Special K. Why don't you call it like Special PK? There you go. Oh, it doesn't. I don't know. That call it be. call it five minute PK. Yeah. 
Special teams with PK or There whatever. you go. Something like that. But you know what I mean, though? Like, in the slot, in that first intermission slot. And you think if, you, if anyone who's offering him something, they're not going to say, yeah, I'll just stick you on the panel. No, I think he wants to hear their plans. Because mm-hmm. if you're PK, I'm not just guy on the panel. I want something more, I think. And I think that's the way he operates. And he even said it was very interesting. He's like, you know, I knew that hockey was just a stage. I knew that there was just something else. There'll be something else, and I'll be ready for it when the time comes. And he and he seems like that's the opportunity. Like he's excited at the opportunity, which is great. I know what he's doing. Because you think most guys retiring at three three are like, "Fuck! I never thought, never thought this happened." You know? Right. I envisioned I play hockey forever. Thirty six, like, thirty seven. He's maybe. never been one of those single minded hockey players. He's always looked looked beyond that. I think I have it solved. What he'll do? What's that? Maybe not the exact same role for the exact same television station, but he's going to be cabbie. Oh, like interviewing the guys, like going in the room, going to the all-star game. Yeah. All okay. He, yeah. he would be really good at that. Cause yeah. he would be, he would get rid of the staleness of the, well, uh, how's the, take us through that goal. How was that goal? What's it like to win? Right. <laughs> like shit like that. I should try and contact his agent and get us hooked up with him because we could be called like, you know, pucks in deep, but then they could they could make the P and the K stand out, and then we're on location with PK Subban and fucking. So we'll see about adding everybody. a third host to the show, PK Subban. I mean, he doesn't have anything else to do right now. He's got a lot of free time, and like you know, Sportsnet wants to put you on Saturday in hockey, but we can put you on like you know weekly for yeah. whenever we record Dude, we got great time slots man tuesday night 6 30 yeah. flexible PM. hours yeah flexible there you no go no pay <laughs> no pay that's awesome no he pay is money no pay no benefits actually if you paid us that'd be great yeah actually <laughs> you, you want to sponsor you want to sponsor it and be on the show <laughs> <laughs> major sponsor uh, all right man what do you got you got anything else for me here yeah maybe if we were a children's hospital yeah um uh, so Yandel retired. I just fired that in quick because it's on the theme yes. of retirement. Three defensemen retired in the same day. In the same, on the same day. And like household name defensemen, if you're a hockey fan, the Iron Man himself. Yep. Former, uh, announced it on Chicklets. Former Iron Man. Oh, former Iron Man. Phil Thrill. Excuse me. Uh, Excuse me. Very short-lived title. Um, and you're right, it like, was. I would imagine we see him in media as well. He is definitely a character. He's a <laughs> yeah. personality. Yeah, he, he speaks is. well. For sure, and probably one of the more interesting interviews, even for anybody in hockey. And a notorious prankster, joker guy yeah. in the room as well. For sure. And speaking of Phil the Thrill, have you seen pictures of him? Yeah, he's looking pretty he lean. He looks like he might have found the gym for the first time. He's looking lean. Like, very lean. And like in know, a, Maybe he's just walking the course or something. In a good way, looking lean. Although I did see one of them that wasn't super flattering. <laughs> well, I think he was like leaning forward. It just it was like an action shot, and he's leaning forward, and his shirt is just hanging off of him. Like he looks like he's he looks like he's not even there. But well, then he probably I saw, hasn't bought new clothes. He's probably still wearing the same clothes. Yeah, true. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just baggy as shit. <laughs> That's a pretty good. I like that idea. I yeah, like that idea. so uh, he's he's in Vegas and looks like he's got a bit more excitement on his plate because, well, Vegas obviously having a very disappointing year and you know probably a bit of negative negativity surrounding that team and the way they dealt with some of their players. Um, two other teams' benefits, of course, Flurry or uh, Pacioretty or whoever. Of course, um, but I think they're looking they're looking to take a stab at it and hopefully uh, you know, Phil can contribute. I'm always rooting for the guy. Me too, man, and I think he's a good guy but to I'm have. I'm not rooting for Vegas because I'm still on the fuck those guys attitude. 
Yeah, you didn't like how they came in and just yeah, yeah. started winning everything. Yeah. They got lucky that they thought they're so fucking great, and they got the worst Twitter account on Twitter. I do have uh, Eichel in my keeper pool. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, I saw a goal the other day, um, Eichel from Kessel. So imagine that me telling you that would happen five years ago. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I'll end it on this note since I guess we're in overtime right now. Yeah, we're in overtime. Okay, for so we'll save our leaf stuff there for uh, our next episode. Uh, I just had to put this out. Must read recommendation. Bob McKenzie is doing a five-part piece right now on Eugene Arcon, who's a residential school survivor. Um, played a lot of hockey sports growing up. Uh, okay. I implore our listeners to read this. Uh, it is powerful, moving, eye-opening and thorough. So uh, I'd read, I haven't started part three, which came out today, but it is the truth and reconciliation week. And with the uh, uh, half holiday coming up, it's not holiday for most people, but okay. you get what I'm saying? Yes. The holiday doesn't matter. It's the message that matters. Of and course. I think that it's very important and it gives you a little bit of insight too, into uh, this discussion we're having around hockey culture. Because you want to talk about uh, racism in hockey. Uh, no people have felt it more than the indigenous people who grew up playing in rural Saskatchewan. So, Yeah, I can hear that. Alberta. Yeah, so I can hear that, man. Um, is it a, um, a written piece? Yes, it is a written piece for those who like to read. I do like to read. I, I prefer reading to video <laughs> content personally. So I'm, I'm always... Uh, I'm always on the hunt for good articles, and I'd like to share them with you guys when I come across them. That one is, uh, I implore you to read it. As I said, it's very important. It's historical. It is something that we all need to understand better. And be aware of. Absolutely. So, At its core, right? And and shout out Bob McKenzie for using his platform, and obviously shout out to Eugene for agreeing to participate because they do preface the story with uh, talking about his distrust of media or feeling that media has not represented him well in the past. Wow. So obviously Bob had to work hard to get this story, get him to tell his story and him to publish it on TSN's website. Um, So obviously a lot of hard work went into this and uh, there probably is not a more important article that you're going to read this year. Right. Well, well said, man. And you know what? You're right. Bob is the perfect person to have that opportunity and and deliver it because he is so well articulated and he really, is there anyone out there that doesn't like Bob McKenzie? That's right. You know, nobody's going to come out here and be like, ah, fuck you, Bob. He doesn't have a stick or an attitude. He just has a very even keeled professional way about yeah. doing his his business exactly there you could name a more popular figure and voice in hockey uh so it's really a good i guess a good ambassador for the message and uh and for the gentleman uh to feel comfortable to share which is obviously a brutal and traumatic experience and just how it affected him in in his playing career and all that growing up so right on man well you'll have to tweet that out for sure Absolutely. So that the viewers can figure out where to find that. And uh, that's a wrap. Episode 99. The great one. Next epi, 100, dude. 100. Hey, um, so you mentioned that you're, you know, you like, you like articles. You like cruising articles. Did you, did you enjoy cruising through articles back in like April of 2012? Uh, 
Because that's like, when because that's when Coley's corner made its debut. Oh yeah, was that Raider? Right, so did you quit after they lost to the Bruins? No, no. It was 2013. No, no, no. I happened, went 20. Right? So I have in 2012, I have 15 blogs. In 2013, I have one. In 2014, I have two. That's it. So it didn't last a very long time, but I have quite a few, man. They're pretty. They're pretty good. I remember reading them. I <laughs> might go through here and read them again because they're. I might like, even have some comments in there. Please do. Oh, you mean for no, oh, the old from, ones from the past, possibly. I right. remember. Yeah, I remember it was like a black page with some flames on it or something. Like a, if anyone is still listening to this podcast, you're interested. So what I googled was Coley's Corner, C O L E Y apostrophe S, Coley's Corner, and it's on um, a website called Blogspot, and the website is Dump and Chase. Okay. Dot blogspot.com. Well, maybe what we'll do for episode 100 is that we'll bring up some Coley hot takes from a decade Oh, my ago. God, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. That's all we'll do. We'll queue up some hot takes from for Coley's Corner. Okay. There you go. I love it. Check out Coley's Corner, everyone. Yeah, episode and 99. if you've got ones you want us to include, just give us a shout. Hit us up on Twitter, at PuckPod, at, Col- at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam. Thanks for joining us. The Century Mark, coming up.